guys? Welcome back to another The Arsenio Buck Show podcast. Manny here. I am today talking about family and friends in this edition of Wheel of Life. So, guys, man, it really sucks, man. I can't even hit my high notes because I'm still recovering. But it's all good, man. My throat doesn't sound too bad. Sounds probably a little offbeat, but you know what? Sounds good. Sounds sexy. Doesn't really matter. Thank you to everyone out there who is tuning in on a routine basis, man. Happy Friday to all. (sighs) And with that being said, family and friends this year. Now, again, what I thought was very, very interesting. Now, if you guys didn't hear the Instagram TV or the other uh, podcast, there was specific little groups that were created within my Facebook page that ended up in the message request box. And it was very odd because basically the four people that were in that little message request room Two of them were blocked. Two of them were people that I officially had kicked out of my life three to six years ago. One was my brother. Another one was a whale. That's all I'll call her. But somebody created this group. And it's funny because it said, uh, in this conversation is two people that uh, you cannot view because you blocked them. This is what Facebook told me. He said, do you want to see the conversation? I said, no. Absolutely not. Why would I want to see this conversation? One I blocked two of those assholes already, too. It's just going to be a complaining bitchville party. So you guys are literally just going to sit there and just complain and cry and complain and say, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. You don't give mom money. You don't give them this. Yeah, mom has been living. She's been alive for more than 60 fucking years. She thinks buying a new car is more important than having a savings or developing a financial education. I will not give my mother any money because she has a greater or had a greater opportunity than I do. And you know what? If money isn't good, perhaps you should learn a little bit more about money. I'm not talking about the bullshit, like in terms of, you know, you know, not being a slave to a co-working space. Talking about becoming financially educated. See, I can only lead the horse to water. I cannot do anything else. It's up to you to drink it. So if I told you, hey, mom, you should probably become financially educated. Buying a car at the age of 60, that's more of a liability than an asset. Now, fuck yeah, I would have buy you a car. I don't give a damn. Blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, my God, all these income taxes that you've gotten over the past 25 years, you blew all that money on materialism. Yes, there were times that you wanted to spend money on us and et cetera, et cetera. But, and I'm completely for that. But you're not becoming financially educated. So when those rooms are created and I look back, I'm like, absolutely not. Guys, I do not want the past creeping up on me. The past has already, I completed the past. As Jack Canfield right here has said once before, I completed the goddamn past. That's the end. That's history. That's archive. I'm done. Stop trying to creep into my life. There's nothing that both you and I, we have nothing in common. A lot of people would be like, wait, what what if your brother really wants to talk to you? Oh, trust me. I could show you that message that he sent three years ago. It was the most hate-filled message I've ever seen in my life. I said, look how insecure this, <laughs> this guy is. And the Golden Knights has him as a drum, like the main drummer on their National Hockey League team band. Congratulations. So what the fuck do you want to still talk to me for? All the damage since 1994 has been done. Now, if you want to sit down like a man, if somehow you've developed your fucking mind... Over the last three years. And you can have a conversation like a personal development coach. Holy shit, let's do it. Let's sit down. But absolutely not, that's not going to happen. Because obviously you haven't developed. So, I let that go. Now, remember, guys, family and friends, you have to look at it from head to toe. The entire year. 
Who did you let inside your life? I told you guys. You know, some friends came into my life. The girl, you know, the girl that worked for Exxon Mobil. You know, she was a developing friend, but she vanished. You know, I've had, uh, you, you know, other friends come into my life. As a matter of fact, Elisa came back into my life. And she sent me a message saying, oh, is, is this the end? Is this all, you, you know, are we still going to talk? Oh, that was actually last year, as a matter of fact. But, you know, um... She's still there. Do I consider her a wonderful friend like I used to? Absolutely not. Because during all the trying times, and I even tested her, you know, in terms of saying, hey, can you know what? Can you just send me $20 because this, this, I, I'm not going to send the money until this morning, and then I can just resend it to you later on this evening. She couldn't even do that. So what's a friend if they can't even do the easiest fucking thing on the planet? A lot of people will be like, oh, maybe she was busy. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but she wasn't busy over the last three days. If, you can't, if you're busy for 72 hours and you can't get back to the most important message of the motherfucking day, well, hey, by all means, I'm never going to ask you again, and I'm not going to consider you like one of my top friends. This is why I don't have fucking friends, all right? Andre and I, we had one of the most God-honest conversations ever in 20 years on my ESL podcast. Andres Catala of Puerto Rico. You can check that out on my ESL podcast. That shit went deep. After that, I took a shower, went to work, and I was just thinking about it. Because these are things that Andre and I never talked to each other about because we were never so serious. But when we said, yeah, he did this and, you know, he died trying to save his sister. And we, we were talking about a bandmate. I was in awe. To get that information on air on a podcast, it just makes me realize, whoa, Andre and I been through a lot. Not only that, but someone who thought he was so, he, he, I, I felt like he was the most pompous person I've ever met during my childhood. My friend Mark, childhood friend Mark, I don't speak to him anymore. Luckily, he's still good. He still has his kids and everything. Um, met him in 1999 in Mr. Recruit's uh, computer class. He looked different from everyone else in the class because obviously he's Filipino. And so I became friends with him. Because I never met Filipinos before, you know, in my previous 11 years. And so, what ends up happening? We develop a relationship. So, going forth, when it came to Mark and his family, his father did not like me because I was black. Okay? Remember, his father was born and raised in the Philippines. Of course, his mother was too. And so, you could you could only imagine the mindset of them. I remember, you know, around 2.30, he'd be like, hey, Arsenio, my father's coming. Can you, like, go home? And his father was always scared. He always, he didn't, he didn't want me around. And then other things had happened. But guess what? His father ended up being just an asshole. We learned so much going forth. Unfortunately, his father cheated on his mother, Auntie Faye. Faye was actually very, very nice. She was very, very lovely. He had an aunt by the name of Tito. Tito didn't like me because she thought I was black and bad based on a situation that happened in 2002. Tito is still on my Facebook page today. She is still clouded and still funny today. Everything changed over those last 17 years because now she's like, holy shit. And I just posted like a... I just posted on my Facebook page saying I was going to the Philippines. She's like, are you going there to find a wife? I said, go fuck yourself. I'm not some sorry-ass American or whatever you want to call it going to Angeles City, Philippines. No offense to my folks out there in the Philippines. I know you guys listen to me, but, you know, a lot of these old motherfuckers over the age of 60 go out there and they marry women and they have sex with women and end up getting pregnant. It's fucking sad. They go, they go back home. It's horrible, okay? It's horrible. 
Alright, so I'm not for that. I'm not for all the nasty-ass old sex tourists going out there to the Philippines. And no, I'm not one of those people that are going to go out there and have a bunch of fucking sex. You're ridiculous. That's outlandish. That's, that's dehumanizing. Alright? But nonetheless, man, we still kept in touch. So, going back to Mark, his brother June. After Andre and I... So we can get back to the story. After Andre and I had that wonderful conversation... All right, we had an insane conversation. Okay, I'm talking about fucking insane. Guess who ended up at me? Mark's brother. Now, who's Mark's brother? Mark's brother, June. Either he was introverted or he was pompous as hell. Now, I believe he was very, very introverted. Um, the only time we actually spoke was when we had a camp. We, we, we camped in the, back of, in, in the backyard of Mark's home, which was awesome. Um, but... That was the only time we had a real conversation. Um, other than that, I just felt like he didn't like me at all. There were only a couple of times and a couple of bright times that we were actually very, very nice. Uh, or he was very nice. And guess what? After that podcast with Andre, he ended up at me. And I was like, holy shit, June, what's up, man? Honestly, the amount he wrote and that we sent it messages back and forth. That was the most we've ever spoken in the seven years we knew each other for, or that we spoke to each other for. Pretty amazing, huh? So, again, does this? It's great to you know re uh, to to speak to people again. Um, there was a girl by the name of Ruby Geronimo. She was out of the Philippines, and I remember. Well, she added me on Facebook, and I'm like, oh my God, Ruby. Hey, and you know what? Unfortunately, I was kind of a bully back then. And I'm going to be honest with you. Why was I a bully? It was because Ruby never spoke to me. Every time I spoke to her, she just looked at me. And I said, Ruby, say something. This is really annoying. And so after a while, I just started picking on her. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But I was an asshole back then. She's like, yeah, I remember you. You were a bully to me, but it's all good. I was like, listen. Now, I'm going to give you a reason why. Yes, I was a jackass child back then, but you didn't make it any better by not speaking to me. Now, I don't know if it was because you hung around with only Filipino people and those Filipino people told you you couldn't speak to anyone outside of your creed. All right. So anyways, (laughs) there was a lot of development of me over the past X amount of years, too. So after that, I met Marnelli. Now, Marnelli, I had a very low key crush on. Marnelli, I knew her from about 04 to 05, I believe. She was in my biology class. Beautiful Filipino girl. And her and I, we just kept in touch. That was just about it. And all of a sudden, I see her on the Facebook page, and I added her. I was like, Marnelli, holy shit, do you remember me? She's like, oh my god! Yeah, she's doing Spartan races. She has a kid now, and she is all grown up. Just gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. And she told me part of her life story and whatnot, and now she's just, you know, hanging around on Facebook. So, again, and guys, not to do a little foreshadowing, but a foreshadowing in, like, a very, from a positive aspect, Mark met in 1999, his entire family, leading all the way up to 2006, met a whole bunch of Filipinos, had a whole bunch of Filipino friends throughout middle school and high school, and now, within two weeks, I'll be stepping foot in the Philippines. How amazing is that? Right? How grateful am I? And again, it was kind of like, hey, it was embedded in my mind when I saw the Australian girl and I met all those crazy ass Aussies. Holy shit. uh, At the McDonald's convention back in 2005 at the age of 2000, uh, at the age of 17. 
uh, at the Mandalay Bay uh, in Las Vegas doing that ridiculous, just holding a fucking sign. That was four years later. I went to Australia. So there's always something that happens in the past that builds everything up. But I'm just grateful for all those has been relationships, relationships that I can could actually go back and say, hey, yes, I'm going to admit a couple of things and some relationships saying, oh, my God, how has life been? So I'm grateful for all that. But me, I have this circle of friends and I know when purposeful relationships end. And a lot of you don't understand about purposeful relationships, life given a lifetime. Now, lifetime relationships, one or other, you know, one or the other, your friend, your best friend. One of you are going to bury the other. So Andre and I, more than like, yes, he lives in New York. Yes, he has a family. He has like two kids. Okay, he's doing great things. He owns a where? I don't know what he's doing. Oh, my God. But he is still, <laughs> yeah. Andre is still Andre, and he will forever be Andre. There were still times like last year or the year before that he called me, and he just spoke about Dragon Ball Z for 30 minutes. I was like, Andre, listen, I got things I got to do, and I don't watch Dragon Ball Z anymore, okay? If we were like 17, that'd be cool. You know what I mean? And Andre and I, man, we've always been close and tight-knit. That's a lifetime relationship. Now, a life-given relationship could be a little bit more, a little more interesting because this person, they come into your life to give you life, all right? And this life, it could be, you know, in different forms. Maybe they come into your life to show you that you still got it. Maybe you have that evening when someone comes up to you at some kind of bar and she's like, hey, and you're like, hey, and you guys go at it. And then, boom, that's the end. And you're like, hey, what happened? Or sometimes you're just like, hey, who cares? That's a life-given relationship. However, there are life-given relationships where there's, it's just too combustive. There's too much noise. And you got to cut that person off. So Unita Who was one of those people. She was an asshole when I first met her back in February of 09. We became close friends in April. The relationship terminated in June. I was brokenhearted. I was so sad and this and that. It was the end of a, of a friendship that I thought was going to be life-lasting. Uh, until I actually spoke to this guy who I no longer speak to because he's just <laughs> a broken mindset fool. Um, and I remember I told him about it. He's like, well, why would you want to be – why would you want to have a friendship with like a grimy-ass person? And then after that, that was the end. Those words, literally those words out of that fool's mouth. Changed my perception of Unita forever, and that was the end. She was someone that gave me life. The life that had been taken away from the Filipino girl who I dated for the previous year. She took my mind off everything. We did everything together. We, we, we breathed the same air, the same oxygen, in the same homes. We did this, we did that, we went running, we did everything. We hung out, we had drinks. We, uh, she was there on my 21st birthday. She gave me life again. And so when that relationship ended, I was so grateful. Because guess what? She was only in my life to give me that life back. Because a month later, I went to Australia and holy shit, my life changed forever. Okay? So, again, going into the purposeful relationships. Now, purposeful relationships, this is when someone comes into your life to fulfill a purpose. But when the purpose is fulfilled... The relationship will forever take a turn. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to stop, but it shifts. It's kind of like that moment when you say, hey, how come we just can't go back to, you know, the way it used to be? That's because the purpose was trying to be fulfilled back then. And once it's fulfilled, 
everything, nothing will ever be the same. So when Satomi came into my life, and, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sad. And then, you know, I'm trying to get back to the way it used to be because I went to Australia the next year. And when I went to Australia and I saw Satomi, you know, she just didn't look the same to me anymore. It just wasn't fun anymore. And although I was forced in a relationship with her, it, it, it just felt like it wasn't what it was a year before. Why? The purpose was fulfilled. What was the purpose? Her getting me, getting me outside of my comfort zone, meaning getting out of America. And that's when the purpose was fulfilled. Last time I spoke to Satomi was 2012 in January. Couple of emails, boom, that was the end. See? It's pretty amazing what happens. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe Satomi is one of the people who actually listened to my podcast, my ESL podcast out there in good old Japan. Because, of course, there are lots of Japanese that listen to my uh, podcast out there. (sighs) Guys, do you understand? So... I know about these different types of relationships, and now you do, and now you're going to be able to connect the dots. You guys have circle of friends. I have a circle of influence, okay? That means I have my inner circle. I have the people who I care about most in my inner circle, and the outer circle, I keep everyone else. If they leave, I won't even know that they left. And if they come back, I'm still going to keep them in the outer circle. Why? Because I want only the key figures in my inner circle. You got to know... That you need, to, you need to flock with the right flock. It's very, very important. Because if you don't, hey, guess what ends up happening? Your life deteriorates. Depends what kind of group you're actually flocking with. If you flock with losers, you're going to end up a loser. If you flock with winners, you will eventually end up a winner. That's how life works. So, with that being said, I mean, things with my family, the lady coming into my life, all of a sudden... Yeah, okay, alright, you still talk to my sorry-ass father, the man that actually owes 40000 U.S. dollars in child support and took at least $10,000 worth of my mom's income tax between 2001 and 2002. Okay, you know what, well, fuck you, I really don't like you, I can give a fuck about you. But not only that, but what I want you to do is watch my success. I have an audience right now in America, and they're just watching my every move. I know they are. Hell, who knows, they might be even listening to my podcast. I doubt it because I don't have anyone from Vegas listening to my podcast. Woohoo! Happy about that. But just, I love having that audience. I want them to see me develop. But you know what? Again, there is no sending a message or trying to get in contact with me. I'm undetectable. You cannot contact me. Why? Because that door has been closed. Whoa, Arsenio, what if your mom? Yes, I love my mom. Yes, at some point over the next 10 years, I want to show up in Las Vegas and show up at my mother's job. And I'm going to be like, excuse me, uh, are you Jasmine? And I want her to just scream and she's going to give me the biggest hug and she's going to cry. And we're going to have the most wonderful conversation. I'm just hoping that she does not call my fucking brother. And now next thing you know, he's going to come and say, oh, you motherfucker. I hate you. You might. Yeah, I got all time for that. But yes. If my mom ends up getting in contact with me, so be it. I'll be more than happy to actually speak to her. But if she doesn't, hey, I've accepted that too. Guys, this is one life. Regardless of what human being does or doesn't come in, it depends on the impact of the person. Napoleon Hill has had the greatest impact in my life. He's one of my best friends. Les Brown is one of my best friends. Bob Proctor is one of my best friends. Robert Kiyosaki is one of my best financial buddies. 
each of these individuals have taught me. Lisa Nichols is one of my great, the greatest people I've ever met in my life. And she doesn't even know that I've met her. I've met her uh, spiritually. So, again, I'll give myself a five. I've had sustainable ones. Uh, I've developed a lot of new relationships, which I'm so unbelievably grateful for. Uh, even based on Facebook groups, based on other people I've met through the Motivational Mentors podcast. With Luke, I've met people from countries that I didn't even know existed, like Gibraltar. And I am so grateful for every last one of those unbelievable relationships that I've met. And so I'm going to give myself a 10 in meeting people because uh, because I do these podcasts. I've been influenced to give even more and to do even more. And so, guys, that's the beauty of this. So, I would love to hear some of your ratings and I would love to hear some of your stories. And I'll be waiting for them. I'm your host, as always. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.